Runners, get to your positions because it's time for another episode of We Run This. Today, we're talking to runner, writer, and self-proclaimed running sneaker freak, Holly Sick. Holly's the creator of Fueled by LOLs, a popular website and newsletter dedicated to her passion for running and running gear. Holly talks to Nick and I about her love of the sport, one that actually took a while to show up, and why she geeks out about sneakers, the biggest mistakes that runners make when it comes to buying shoes or hanging onto pairs of sneakers for too long, and her low-key favorite brand right now. She also lets us hear the grunt she uses to get people out of the way during a race. It's pretty funny. This episode of We Run This is sponsored by Tempo. Dedicated to giving people nonstop energy, superior strength, and incomparable confidence, Tempo supplements guarantee you'll never miss a beat thanks to its special formulation of natural ingredients and essential nutrients, made with only the safest standards. There are two versions of Tempo, Hungover as Fuck, a natural alcohol hangover supplement, and Fuck Coffee, a non-tropic supplement for clarity and focus. Check out both at meettempo.com. Find your rhythm with Tempo. And now, without further ado, We Run This presents Holly Sick. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of We Run This. I'm Chris Luminati. Nick Domingo is back with me this week. Nick? I made it. I made it. I didn't bail for all you those Canadian festivities that I had going on. You made it through the borders of Canada back to the United States. You are back. Are you back in the U.S.? <laughs> no, no, not no? yet. I thought you nope. left. Oh, my God. No. We can, we'll, I'm, still, we'll... I'm still up here for another couple of days, so uh, living that Canadian life, man. You know what? As I was saying that, I realized that the hockey jerseys are still right behind you. And I'm like, oh my God, he hasn't gone anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Nope, still here. Still living, yeah. the, living the hockey life, man. And with us today, we have a special guest. Holly Sick is here. Holly, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Well, I'm doing good. Nick, you doing good? Yeah, doing well. You know, just trying to get back on the swing of things, man. So we, before we get into it, uh, Holly is a runner. She's a writer. Uh, she's lived on the East Coast, the West Coast. But before we begin and getting to know a little bit of, more about Holly, uh, Nick, she kind of has a bone to pick with us slightly. Oh, shit. <laughs> I want to hear this. Do you want to explain? So the article that you guys were criticizing or like talking about, about the unwritten rules of running, I wrote that. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Isn't the internet a small world? <laughs> Not that, yeah. Um, but I, you know, I agree with you guys, but I 100%, I stand by it. You should not run side by side during a race. I stand by it. I am holding my ground there. Well, for anyone that didn't listen to the episode, we were not shitting on the article at all. <laughs> exactly. As, as it was North the writers. Rule. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were we were strictly referencing the fact that maybe we agreed or disagreed with an esteemed, established voice like yourself, Holly. That's all we were doing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> also, Nick and I, we've uh, been on this, we've, you know, been doing this whole internet thing for a while. While we do have a lot more um, leeway with Bro Bible, 
we know what it's like to work for other places. And sometimes the things that you write don't always make it that way to the internet. Not saying that you don't want people to run side by side, but we know sometimes the things we write editorially sometimes get changed or maybe some websites have a vision of the, as they want to see it. So when we were reading the article, we're kind of like, okay, maybe this person doesn't necessarily agree with all of these, but maybe the website does. So we're giving you the benefit of the doubt. Oh, totally. But <laughs> if you run, if you're running like just not like casually and not at a race, mm -hmm. run side by side, who cares? Mm -hmm. But if you are in a race, you need to run single file. And if you're in my way, I will bulldoze you right, right on through. <laughs> what, why, okay, so did this, did something happen? Is there like something in your past? Is there a side-by-side -side issue? Oh, there's plenty of them. Oh, okay. no, I'm, um, <laughs> but I've had a few issues where, you know, races merge and I'm trying to get to the finish line and maybe there's a 5K mm -hmm. half marathon or something and 12 people are running side-by-side -side and I just want to pass them. It's not working out. So races, run single file, everywhere else do your own thing just be safe do you say anything as you're running by or do you just blow by it's more like a angry man grunt you know <laughs> i, you I turn a robot when i run <laughs> can you do it for us right now <laughs> i don't think i could do it come on you can't angry man grunt for us <laughs> <laughs> there you go I'd, there you I'd, go i'd move out of your way I'd, yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean that's I'm, terrible I'm so. Yeah, I'm not getting run over by that during a race. So good, good work. I like it. If if a female freight train is running past me and she's grunting, she can have whatever lane she wants. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. We'll have to do a race together sometime. We will literally be together for the start of the race, and then that's it. <laughs> and then I'll see you for bagels and bananas after. <laughs> after the race. <laughs> I already miss New Jersey bagels, so I'm cool with that. Do they give something different at the end of California races, or what are they? I don't know. There's, like, been no races since I, I've only lived here, like, a month. Um, oh, okay, so you moved post-pandemic. Yeah, so I haven't done any races. In fact, the last race I did, I broke my foot, so um, <laughs> that sounds fun, right? Jeez, how long ago was that? March 1st. So you're back on the men? Are you like slowly getting back into it? I mean, I guess that was like six months ago, right? Yeah, it's um, I'm fully healed, but it's like the last time I saw people, I had a broken foot, and so people are like, "Oh, how's your foot?" And I'm like, "That healed like four week, four months ago, but we're still in March, so who cares?" <laughs> so I'm I'm really interested by this because Chris and I have talked about injuries and getting over, you know, coming back from it, recovering and and rehabbing. One. How shitty was it for you to like go from running all the time to not? And then two, what did you do to kind of maintain, um, you know, your activity level with a broken foot? Or what did you do to kind of like slowly get back into running? So when I broke my foot March 1st, the pandemic was like just starting. And so gyms were open and I, and I was a swimmer, like I swam in college. So I was like, oh, I guess I'll swim. So then like the first week I swam and then the gyms in New Jersey just closed. So I had nothing. So I literally didn't do anything. Like I fully rested. I was like the picture perfect, like Netflix and ice cream on the couch for like a month. Um, 
and then I slowly kind of got into running, got back into running, but with broken things, like a broken bone, like you have to be so slow with it or it'll re-break or you'll injure yourself more. Um, so it was kind of a slow process, but I'm fully running again. Is that your first like major injury? No, <laughs> okay. I've, I've, broken, I've, I've run for almost a decade now and I've broken a couple of my bones, um, my tibia and then my second metatarsal and then my heel. So I guess three. All while running like a race or just running? running? Um, two while running a race and then one while doing like an easy run or something. Two of them were definitely like overtraining and then I don't know what the last one was from. Good Lord. Yeah, it I sounds mean, like I'm always injured, but I, I promise I'm not. <laughs> I mean, that's that's my biggest fear. I've always said that, uh, you know, losing the ability to run and having to be on crutches for six weeks, like, I would fuck the pandemic. I would just eat, watch Netflix, and, you know, chow on pizza and ice cream the entire time. And then I'd have to try to work myself back and I'd be afraid, so... Kudos to you for bouncing back because, I mean, that's, yeah, that is honestly one of my biggest fears. Like, what happens if I tore my ACL? Knock on fucking wood, I don't. But that that would be terrifying. Oh, yeah. It was, this one was awful, kind of, because, I mean, with the pandemic, you really just couldn't do anything else. And I had yeah. to stay on foot, so it's not like I could just go for a walk or anything. Um, but I watched a lot of Netflix, and I pretty much caught up on that now. <laughs> nice. And now you're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, and I will, there's probably not going to be any races forever. I, yeah. I, I find it funny that Nick's biggest fear is injury during a race, and my biggest fear is pooping my pants. <laughs> I mean, yeah. both are pretty scary, I think. <laughs> well, an injury, there's literally nothing you can do about. Crapping, I mean, there's really nothing you can do about pooping your pants either, but at least you could take preventative measures. <laughs> That's... I shouldn't say that's a constant fear, but it's something you think about. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know. If you're doing a big race, there's nowhere to peel off and, like, go to the bathroom. Like, it's just you and the crowds. Yeah. Especially those super early morning races. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Like, the 7 a.m. ones. Like, 9 o'clock ones, I'm fine. But, like, the 7 o'clock ones, I'm like, oh, man, do I want to do this? <laughs> yeah, you you're one of those Run Disney ones. They're, like, five o'clock in the morning five o'clock in the morning oh yeah you should totally google run disney they're like so early like you're running in the dark the entire time is that so they can open the park afterwards yeah oh man they can't miss a dollar can they <laughs> absolutely not of course not <laughs> they need the money <laughs> yeah yeah oh uh, they're struggling well now they're probably struggling but back then they weren't struggling oh yeah so the reason we're having you on, not just because uh, you're an amazing, accomplished uh, runner and a writer, but uh, our mutual friend, Jen Miller, who's also a runner, uh, I was talking to her and she said, you should have my friend Holly on because she is, quote unquote, a running shoe geek. It's true. I'm like <laughs> a running shoe nerd. <laughs> I worked in I worked in a running store for seven years in Haddonfield, New Jersey. So I like... I've been around shoes for so long. Like sometimes I wake up and my dreams were about shoes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that is next level right there. 
Wait, I mean, you were dreaming about <laughs> selling shoes? You were dreaming about the shoes? Let's dig deeper into that. <laughs> selling with the shoes. Yeah, what were you doing with the I mean, shoes? Maybe my bed has like 30 pairs of shoes on them, but I'm just kidding. Um, no, I just, I, I love running shoes. I love the newest technology and I've been around it so long, like, um, and fitting people for shoes. So I am a running shoe geek, I guess. Hey, nothing wrong with it. I remember being in fifth grade and like losing sleep over the next Air Jordan release. So I mean, it's sort of the same, right? Of course, did you get them? Not all the time, but you know. <laughs> I just was dreaming about them and spending $140 on my size six feet to, to wear them, but I never got them. And, but you outgrow them in like a day at that age anyway. Exactly. And I suck at basketball. I mean, I'm not, I'm dunking on a six foot hoop, you know, so like they're not making me jump any higher. Whereas running shoes, you know, you're logging like 200 miles in those things. So I, your, your dreams are a lot better than mine. Just this once though, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that. So w what came first, the like obsession with running shoes and then working at the store or the store led to the, to the love of running shoes? So I moved to New Jersey in 2013 and I, I, I had been running for three, four years at that point. And I kind of knew about running shoes, but I didn't know anything other than what I liked in a running shoe. Like I knew what shoe worked for me, that was it. Um, and you know, when you move somewhere, you're like applying for jobs and you don't really know what you want, maybe you do, but I applied for a bunch of jobs and my degree was in health, but I was like, I like running, I'll apply to the running store. And then I got the job and then I learned about running shoes and I was around running shoes all day long. So I guess that uh, the running store came before the running shoe love. Got you. Nice. So you know, I'm one of those guys who I'm the bargain bin shopper. I look at running shoes and I say, here's $130 ones that just got released, but here was last year's version and they're 65 bucks. And I'm thinking, how much can the technology really have changed in one year? You know, if they fit right, if they feel comfortable, I'm going to go with the ones that, you know, 11 months ago were the top of the line. Am I doing something wrong or... You know, is there, because uh, is there enough technology that comes out year after year where it's like, man, you should really go at the top of the line because you could be missing out on something that could prevent injury or be lighter on your feet or whatever it might be? No, totally not. Um, so every year, you know, like shoes are updated every year for the most part. But when you run into problems with old shoes, it's usually like, two or three years ago because shoes that have sat in a warehouse for like two years or more have like lost some of their cushioning. So you might pay $60 for a two year old shoe, but you're not getting the same amount of mileage. Um, but getting a shoe like a year, like last year's model, you're going to save money. Um, and it's going to be about the same. Like shoes don't drastically change that much. That being said, there are some terrible models that come out where I'm like, yeah, you should probably just skip that model. Like get the newest one because that one was terrible. Like no one liked it. Um, but for the most part, most of the shoes nowadays, like in early 2000s, they didn't stay the same. But nowadays they stay pretty similar. What are you running? I'm wearing Brooks. Um, I can't remember the name of them. But what's that? 
they're super similar. Every year they're like pretty similar to the previous version. Yeah, I live literally a block and a half from where the headquarters are in Seattle. So I, on part of my running route, I run right by it. It's, you know, they've got the store down there and they've got the whole shebang, probably similar to the, the store you worked at in, in Jersey, where it was, you know, get on the treadmill, see where your foot's coming down. They have these running shoe experts who are saying, this is where your foot's hitting, you know, this is what you're doing right, wrong, and, and they give you the recommendation. So I'm pretty lucky to be able to go there and when I need a new shoe, have kind of that insight to be like, here's what you can go to. But still, you know, they don't offer the, the $65 one, they're offering the $130 one. So it's oh. really, you know, it's good to hear that you're like, Brooks is pretty consistent. Yeah, there very few times throughout the years has like a Brooks shoe tanked. And I'm like, oh, you should skip that version. But like the Brooks Ghost, the Brooks Adrenaline, they have like 10, 20 models of both of them. So they're about the same. I, I actually, I have the Ghosts. <clears throat> and here's how I always think about the running shoe stuff. And I might be wrong on this. You would know because you're a geek on this. But um. I feel like like a company like Brooks, even if you get the lowest model, all they do is running shoes. So they're going to make good running shoes, but they're lower level. Whereas when you go with a Nike, yeah, Nike makes good running shoes, but they make 10 different other shoes. So their focus uh, isn't on that. Like, am I wrong there? No, you're absolutely right. And Nike... Nike, New Balance, even Asics, they make so much like lifestyle stuff that if you run in a lifestyle shoe, it might be an Asics or Nike shoe. It's not a running shoe. It's not designed for running. Brooks, at least you know if you get in a Brooks shoe, you're in a running shoe. So you're in a shoe that's designed to run. Mm -hmm. So what would your advice be to the person who's just starting to run? Because obviously you want to get new sneakers. Like what should that person be looking for? Go get fitted at a run specialty store. And I'm not saying that just because I work there. Um, but the best thing you can do is go to someone to look at your feet and say, this is a good shoe for you. This is a good shoe for you. And then try them out. And usually they have like a return or exchange policy. So they're not charging you more money than the retail price. And then you can see what's working for you because what works for you might not work for me or anyone else. So I, oh. one, well, one of the questions I have about shoes and, and this is someone, I, I mean, I've run for what, 2003, so 17 years, I kind of have been competitively running and I am all over the map in terms of like, how many miles a pair of shoes should have. What's kind of the general rule in your mind being a shoe geek that, you know, the shoes that I bought five months ago needs, need to be tossed for new ones after X amount of miles? There's definitely, so there's no like mileage. Like brands will tell you 300 to 500 miles, but when a shoe stops feeling good, that's when it's time to like retire it. Um, for some people, they can only get like 200 miles out of the Brooks Ghost. For some people, they can get a thousand. And it's not even like a weight thing or like a height thing. It's just how hard you are on the shoes. I know like 100 pound high school boys that are so hard on their shoes, they get like a hundred miles on them because they're like stompers. But then like, it just depends on how hard you are on your shoes. Most people get between three and 500 miles or six months, but that's not everyone. So 
you know, when you start to get knee pain or shin pain or hip pain, it's usually the shoes. Are, are miles different on shoes? Like are 200 treadmill miles different than 200 road miles? Not usually. Um, sometimes 200 trail miles are a little easier on shoes, but it depends on, are you on soft trails? Are you on like rugged climbing up a thousand feet trails? Um, usually trails are a little softer on shoes, but you're not gonna see substantial difference. Any horror stories with, with your shoes outside of your, your fears when you have nightmares of them, but like ones where like your shoe blew out or like, you know, just something that went terribly wrong. You're like, fuck man, like this sucked. Oh, I, I have a funny story actually about um, a customer was a Brooks loyalist. He ran in like the Brooks adrenaline and he came in like every few months to get his new Brooks adrenaline. And usually we have people like try them on, like make sure they still feel good. They should feel the same, but just make sure. It's like, no, no, I'm good. Like these are my shoe. Like I've run in them for years. And we're like, all right, that's fine. We didn't even open the box because he was like, these are my shoes, like that's fine. And so we, he went on his way and he came back like a week later maybe. And he's like, I ran in these, I'm not joking either. I ran in these shoes and something just doesn't feel right. Brooks had accidentally sent two left shoes in the box. Like he had run 10 miles <laughs> in like two left shoes and he didn't even realize it. And we're just like, what? Like, how did you not know? Oh God. That, that's not even, I don't know if that's a horror story of just like, bro, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. Like that is next level of stupidity. I feel like. I like, I just, I can't imagine like, I don't know. I looked down. I'm like, something doesn't look right. But he kept running and he just thought it was a him issue. <laughs> you know, to your, to your point on that, do you think sometimes people stay too loyal to their brand? Like that's different that like, he's just a moron who didn't realize he had two left shoes. But sometimes like people get hooked onto a brand and let's say they've been wearing Brooks for like 10 years and it's just what they've always done. You're, your body's not the same as it was 10 years ago. Like maybe they're still not the best shoes for you. So what would you say to a person like that? Oh, it's always good to try new things. Um, 10 years ago, brands were so different. Like if you were running in Brooks and then you tried like Adidas, it would just be too different of a change. Your body would hate it. But nowadays, like most of the major brands are making similar and good shoes that it's good to try something new. And if you, if you get stuck on the same brand for like 10 years, you're just going to become even more loyal and be more fearful for when a brand changes. Um, nowadays, you can definitely change and try new shoes. Um, but it's important if you're in like a neutral shoe to stay in a neutral shoe and not go into like something with a bunch of support um, or just stay in kind of like a similar shoe profile. So along those same lines, because I love that question, Chris, is you know, do you have different shoes or do you recommend different shoes for different miles? So, you know, for instance, I have two pairs that I kind of trust running. One I have kind of worn, but they were, I bought them last, last year around this time, September, October, but I think they started giving me some knee pain. So I've worn them when I go out kayaking, they get wet and I'm okay with running in the rain in those if I'm doing four to five miles. The ones that I generally, generally use you know, that's the one I'm logging eight to 10, 11 miles if I'm going for a run. Do you recommend that? Or do you think it's probably best just to stay with one and be like, 
if it rains, it rains. You just don't want to mess up, you know, your feet, the angle, your ankles, whatever it is. Oh, no, if you feel good in a shoe, run in as many as you want. Um, you guys are going to judge me, which is fine, but I probably have like 20 pairs of shoes right now that I like routinely run in at least once a month. Um, so, and I'm not exaggerating. It's probably more than that, but if some people like they feel good in one shoe and that's fine. Or some people they want to run in like 20 different shoes that they feel good in and that's fine too. It's okay to run in multiple pairs of shoes and your body's going to adjust to different things with different pairs of shoes. Um, you'll work different muscles and all that sort of thing. Holly, we will not judge you, but you totally stepped on my next question. That's what I was going to ask you. How many shoes do you rotate? With? <laughs> <laughs> but it's okay. You answered it. Um, I think it's about 20. I haven't counted lately, but I think it's about there. Would there be an unwritten rule if you had to rewrite that article right now where you should or shouldn't change a pair of shoes during a marathon every mile? So do you think I should run a marathon and change shoes every mile? Every like, mile. It's like, like a beer marathon where you drink a beer every marathon, a mile, but I'll just change shoes. Yeah, but only wear two left shoes. Make sure that that happens. Well, to, I'll change it. I'll do two left shoes, one mile, and two right shoes so I can keep even. There you go. I love it. Let's, like let's it. see how that works out. I like it. Um, uh, one thing I was going to ask about the shoes, like uh, different brands and stuff. Do you have a sleeper shoe? Like, do you have a sleeper brand that no one really buys that you're kind of like, these are really good? It used to be Hoka, but now Hoka is like really growing. Um, right now, I think New Balance is a sleeper brand. Like this is 2019, 2020. They've done a lot of good things with their running shoes. Um, they used to be known as like the old people running shoes, like the dad or white leather shoes. Mm -hmm. But now New Balance makes like very good running shoes. Cool. Uh, on the flip side, what about brands you might want to avoid? Because I have an opinion on Nike, but I want to know if it's one that you like, don't like, you know, stay away from. What what brand are you kind of like, I'd recommend maybe going for something else? Um, so the problem with Nike is they make so many shoes and they make so much garbage, but they do make like five good running shoes. Like that's it. They don't make a lot, but they make five like good ones. Um, if you get one of the good ones, you're fine. But if you run in like a Nike free or like a lifestyle shoe, you're going to get hurt. I would say really right now, just Adidas is not really focusing on running anymore. They have the ultra boost and it was good like three years ago, but now it's kind of like more lifestyle based than like actually running. But I know people that run in it, but it's just Adidas is not doing that well uh, in the run specialty world anymore. I have this theory about that that maybe we could kind of talk about. Um, I always find that the nicer the shoe, the worse it is for running. Yeah. And, <laughs> and like not that, not that Brooks or any of them make ugly shoes, but they're not quite the shoes. Like, I feel like a lot of the Nike running shoes you could also throw on with a pair of jeans and be okay with. But if you had a pair of like real running sneakers on, you'd be like, uh, I don't know if that goes with an actual outfit or anything on purpose. 
Oh, you're totally right. Um, <laughs> I always say the worse looking the shoe, the probably it's better for running. Um, <laughs> like Nike running shoes, they look decent like to wear, but they still like, they're not even the best looking Nike shoes out there. Mm -hmm. uh, brands are slowly getting better, but they still don't look good. I mean, Chris, to your point, like Air Max 95s, I wear those all the time during the summer with shorts. And I'm thinking like 25 years ago, I knew a kid who like got a scholarship to like NC State and that's the shoe he ran in every single day basically to train. And I'm like, oh my God. I couldn't imagine that. Couldn't imagine that. My shins are crying just hearing that yeah. story. Right? It's like, how? How do you run an Air Max 95s and log like hundreds of miles? I'm like, dude, this is like what you wear when you're getting a beer with your buddies in like shorts, not when you're trying to, you know, get a six minute clip on, on a 15 miles or whatever. Yeah, totally. Do, do you feel like some people like just, do you feel some runners don't put enough stock into the shoe that they buy? What do you mean? Like, some people kind of like just dismiss it. Like Nick in the beginning said, a shoe is a shoe. But do you feel like some runners are just like, oh, well, I'm going to hurt no matter what it is, or I'm going to feel, you know, this way no matter what it is. So, like, they kind of don't concentrate much on the shoes, and that's when oh, they end up getting hurt? Oh, yeah. Like, people, until you have, like, a good running shoe for you, you're like, eh, it's just a shoe. Like, why am I going to pay $130 for a pair of shoes? Like, I can get... $30 ones at Kohl's or whatever. But when you get like a good running shoe, it just, running feels better. Like if you're in pain, running is terrible. Like it's not enjoyable to run while you're in pain. But if you have a good shoe um, made for running, like you're gonna feel a lot better. But there's plenty of people they come in and they're like, I've never had this $130 shoe uh, and I don't know why I need one. I'm like, why are you here? Um, but then they, they try on some shoes that are actually good for them. And they're like, oh, wow, this does feel different. Like, I didn't know that shoes felt like this. I, I love hearing that because, you know, I, I mean, honestly, this is so stupid for me to admit, but as someone who's run all this, I've never even thought about that. I, I told you I'm a bargain shopper when it comes to shoes. I try to get a version that was really highly, you know, priced and ranked and has all the tech from a year ago. But I also don't think about, you know, these, the only pair of equipment that you have during running outside of some like technical shit on shorts and, and shirts are your shoes. You know, if you're going to, to play baseball, you want to have the top of the line bat to get bat speed and all that stuff, right? Skis, same thing. You want to have like skis that are going to, are going to carve right. And like, the only thing you should care about as a runner are your fucking shoes because that's going to make the world of difference between, hey, this is enjoyable and got my feet, my knees, my back hurt because I decided to pay 40 bucks for shitty shoes rather than, you know, shell out 95 to 100 for shoes that would make this fun. Oh, yeah. And the other thing about like cheaper shoes is they just don't last as long. And I never really thought about this until I actually worked in run specialty, but if you replace a $40 shoe like three times and you get the same amount of life as like a $130 shoe, you really didn't save yourself any money. Um, and this happens a lot. Like, and like even Nike Freeze, they are, they're like starting at $70 and they're not lasting more than like a fourth of what your regular running shoes are lasting. 
the, the expression for that is what's cheap is expensive. So oh, you're, yeah. you're cheaping out when you're buying, but it's expensive because you're buying it more times. And what, what took me a while to, um, when it came to running, like when I really got serious about running, I didn't really have that hard of a time justifying the shoes because I used to look at it this way. Let's say it's a $130 pair of shoes. I would look at it and go, am I going to wear these 130 times? Yes. Then I'm basically paying a dollar a day. And then you can yep. justify it. Like maybe you can't justify it. Like if you buy a $130 pair of jeans or $130 jacket, but something you're wearing every day, you're literally paying a dollar a day to wear that. Oh yeah. And you're just enjoying yourself more. <laughs> yeah. So, so Holly, before uh, we let you go, uh, one thing that I did want to touch on, I don't know if Nick can appreciate this as much as I, you and I will, but uh, Nick, Holly is also a diner connoisseur. And she's been to how many diners in her life? Well, not life, but. 300 in New Jersey. Actually, 301. She's been to 300 New Jersey diners. And rank, did you review them all? Oh, yeah. They're on my blog, Fueled by Lowell's. I've reviewed every single one. 300 diner reviews. Now, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a diner. Like, I love diners. So I, my first question to you is, what's your diner go-to? Oh, I don't know. There were, see, I loved like Cherry Hill area, but the, all the better diners were like up in North Jersey, like way up, like even past like New York City and like way up there. No, I mean um, food, food wise, like oh, food wise. Um, breakfast, definitely omelets. Like I'm an omelet lover. Uh, okay. Dinner, usually I, I get everything. Like I've gotten octopus at a diner. I am not afraid. <laughs> Um, but usually like pork chops or something like pretty safe on on that front. Pork but chops. <laughs> I like that you said not not just pork chops, but pork chops pretty safe. Follow yeah. that. Like I don't know if pork chops in a diner are pretty well, safe. Nick, Nick, they they have to be safe. They're on the sign. It says steak <laughs> chops and seafood. Like they have to be safe. They're literally on the sign. Yeah. I feel like it's less questionable than like seafood at a diner. <laughs> yeah. Rick's pick of the day, pork <laughs> chop and shrimp. It's like, oh, Rick. I mean, fuck, if he picked it, I got to go with that one. Nick, do you oh, have a – I'm sorry, go ahead, Holly. No, you guys go ahead. I was going to say, Nick, do you have a diner go-to? Um, in terms of food, yeah, I always go with the uh, a breakfast burrito. I, there's a place in Seattle that I go to um, that is – oh, it's just so fucking great. You know, they stuff it with – so basically an omelet put together, right? And so – I usually eat that, get full for the day, and, and go run it off. But, yeah, that's mine. What about you, Chris? Uh, yes, but I'm actually blanking on it right now because I can't think <laughs> of the name of it. It's it's the hamburger on rye bread with onions. A and, Reuben? No, 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 hamburger. Oh, a hamburger. Yeah, Holly, you know what I'm talking about. It's like a burger, and then it's rye bread and cheese and caramelized onions. And like a pastrami? No, 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 ham like an actual hamburger. Hold on. And now I'm going to have to look it up. I can't believe I'm blanking on the name. And I get it all the time. And I only get it at diners. Like, I never – patty melt. A patty melt. Oh, yeah. A patty melt. I, I can't believe I blanked on that. <laughs> Good choice, man. Those things are tasty. Yeah, and I only get them at diners. Like, I could go to a regular restaurant. It could be on the menu. I won't touch it. But at a diner, I'll get it. Oh, so – Go ahead, Ali. Usually I have to get cake at diners, too. I'm, like, a cake lover. Okay. Diners, you 
yeah, oh, yeah, rewarding yourself after all those runs, right? Or just, I like cake. <laughs> You're like, no, not at all. Actually, I just, I love cake, man. Like, you, no reason at all. Do you grunt when you're eating cake, Holly? I don't, know. You know, man grunt, you should. Like, when they serve it to you, just go, Ugh. Yeah, what if the cake's side by side, though? Yeah. <laughs> First of all, get that cake the hell out of this way. Yeah. Second, I'm going to grunt. I, want. I do not want the one on the right. I want the one on the left. It should not be side by side. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, Holly, before we wrap up, tell everybody where they can find you online. Um, my All my social media handles are just fueled by Lowell's. So F-U-E-L-E-D-B-Y-L-O-L-Z. And then fueledbylowell's.com. I have shoe reviews, diner reviews, whatever. Cool. I'm sure people will be there for the shoe reviews. I'll be there for the diner reviews. Yeah, it's been hard out in California. <laughs> There's not as many. <laughs> Nick, were you going to well, say something? I was going to say, I appreciate it. I like, honestly, shoes is, it, it's the one topic that I always struggle with uh, as a runner. So this was super helpful for me. And, you know, a lot of the questions I asked weren't just for my own stupidity, but uh, for a lot of people I know out there who probably struggle with the same thing. So really appreciate the uh, the insight. Who knew that your your dreams of shoes would actually come back and, and be super beneficial. So thank you. Well, thanks for having me on. This was fun. Thanks, Holly. Come back anytime you want. Cool. Thanks. And that brings another episode of We Run This to a Close. Nick and I want to thank everybody for listening. If you love the podcast, please share it with friends or leave a review on iTunes. And remember to follow Nick and I on social media. He's at It's Nick Domingo, and I'm at Chris Luminati on Twitter. Or follow us both on Instagram at We Run This underscore pod. Until next time, see everybody out there.